If you have one thing to build a great company, to build a great culture, to build a great brand, it all goes back to that story and having a something that is so aspirational, people can't help but be in awe and go, I want to help do that. Hello there and welcome to another episode of The Extraordinary Podcast. My name is Tobias Dahlberg. I'm your host. I'm also the founder of The Future Academy and Wonder Inc. And in this episode, we're going to talk about culture. I love culture. I think it's so important. If you've listened to any of the past episodes, you've heard me talk about it a lot. We also had great uh, people on the show talking about culture, such as Denise Leon. And uh, this time... I am super excited that we have Josh Levine on the show. And Josh is the founder of a company called Great Mondays, which is also the title of his book that we're going to cover today. And he's also founder of Culture Lab X, which is a, a really cool nonprofit that you should be looking up at culturelabx.com. And if you want to connect with Josh and check out his company, you can find that at greatmondays.com. So in this episode, we're going to talk about culture, and Josh is going to share some great insight and wisdom from his career, from his experience, and from his book. And I love this book, really, for many different reasons. Not only is this uh, well-structured, it's well-designed, you know, you'd expect that from a designer, right? Uh, but it also, it really looks great. I love the feel. I love the, you know, the, the paper, the tactile experience of this book, you know, the, 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 the typography, the colors, everything. It just, it's just my kind of book. And so the, the topics that uh, are covered in this book, these are six components that, uh, that you need to master in order to, to bring your culture to life. And these are purpose, values, behaviors, recognition, rituals, and cues. And so Josh is going to dive into those in the episode. And uh, just a final word, if you like this episode... If you like this podcast, and if you'd like to receive more content delivered to you weekly into your inbox, please go and sign up to the newsletter at thefutureacademy.com. And also, uh, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform for that matter. Thanks so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Okay, so today I'm joined by Josh Levine. He is the principal of Great Monday. He's a co-founder of Culture Lab X and a best-selling author. Great to have you on the show. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for, thanks for having me. So um, a lot of great things to talk about. I know we're both passionate about culture. Uh, before we dive into it and before we dive into your new book, I'd like to hear how did you end up doing what you do today? What is the story of Josh Levine? <laughs> well, um, I, you know, I started as a, uh, a graphic designer and ended up um, working at a brand strategy firm um, for a number of years and really enjoyed that kind of piece of the work of facilitating and working with um, executive teams and the strategic part of brand. I, um, I left that firm about seven years in and, and, I, and I didn't, I, I thought I was just going to go into another agency here in the Bay Area as a creative director or something like that. Um, and, uh, but that was the right at about the same time as the, the housing market collapse. And so I didn't, I no longer had any job offers. There was a few that sort of came through and then people were like, well, we're going to wait a quarter if that's okay. Wow. And so, so that's 2008 or? Yep. 2008. Yeah. I didn't have a job. And, uh, and it was kind of like, it was 
partially a panic, but also partially an opportunity to have some space to really think about what I wanted to do with my life. And I kind of, I reflected back on all of the work that I had done at the brand agency and realized that the, the, the projects that were most interesting to me, they were most useful to the company Mm. uh, and least served in the market generally were anything that we were doing internal. So we did a bunch of external work, but anything that we did um, for a client that worked with their employees um, and we, we, we created programs that really bolstered either some innovation rewards programs or an internal understanding of what their brand was. And to me, that was like the moment of like realization. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. So not only was it a market opportunity, but I was passionate about it. And I didn't know it was called culture at the time. I thought maybe coming from the brand world, I was internal branding or employer branding or something like that. But slowly over six months, I kind of figured out that it was really the, it, it was about culture and that if we were really going to change the way organizations were perceived in the world, we have to change the way that the employees understand what that is supposed to be, what that's supposed to be and how they, how they bring that to life. It's not the responsibility of a brand agency to bring that to life. That's the company. And mm -hmm. so there's my, the start of the genesis of my journey 10 years ago, uh, into culture and and I didn't know anything about it at the time and so I really just did everything that I could to learn all about it and and that's kind of where you know kind of how I got on my path. Mm, that's interesting so how much would you say that the the both the design and the brand background has influenced you the way that you approach culture I mean are you are you linking the two very much now or are you more like generally focused on culture or how would you see that? Of course no of course I can't shake it even if I wanted to, um, uh, everything, I mean, the, 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 the whole concept of the book is around not just culture, but it's around culture design. And yeah. so I bring for both my clients and kind of the philosophy that I put out in the world is that, um, culture can be designed in a creative capacity. And, and I do mean design creatively, but I also mean kind of proactively. So as a designer, you come at, you come up projects from a very like broad, the, the wide end of the funnel, all the possibilities, all the opportunities. Yeah. Um, you for inspiration in other, other, other examples, other work, other companies. And I do that with my culture work as well, but there's no two solutions. I'm not going to repeat a design solution for yeah. somebody. I'm not going to do a logo person, like for example, and say, Oh, well I just did this one. We're just going to do it for you. And we'll just change the name. Right. Uh, the, the, the whole point of this concept of bringing brand and a brand approach and a design approach to culture is, look, this is something we can actually take control of. We can't, we don't have to just wait for culture to be like, oh, look, we've got a good culture. Oh, or, oh no, our culture is <laughs> terrible. Uh, what do we do? So it's like, how do we actually turn it into a business methodology? Much, much like brand if you think about brand 20 years ago mm. brand was kind of this mystery and people were thinking okay how do i how do i kind of try to how do i hire someone to come and brand my company once but really we know now that 
brand is not just a logo, right? Yeah. We know that brand is a business methodology and it's something that, you know, there's agencies or, or there are companies that have entire brand teams and design teams internally. And that wasn't the case 20 years ago. So my prediction is that in 10, 20, 20 years, I don't know, uh, we're going to have companies are going to say, oh, look, culture is actually a business tool. It needs to be it needs to be run and managed like a department, like any of the others, operations, accounting, IT, all of those things that, that, that it, there's no difference. Culture is no different. It is it is a it is a critical business pillar and underpins everything that how a company operates. It's the, it's about the people and their relationships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, in my experience, I mean, doing brand work, I've always had a very, you know, broad approach. So for me, brand and business are very tightly linked and I've been calling it brand work, but in fact, much of it has been sort of business uh, development work. And, yeah, uh, you know, I, I always find it very uh, difficult or sometimes difficult to have the conversations where, where brand and branding just tended to be such a small part of the whole deal. So I'm wondering with that prediction, whether whether or not brand agencies are going to have to redefine themselves a little bit um, as, you know, the help that they can provide will be maybe more marginalized in the future due to the fact that brand work is like business work. I mean, like it's the whole deal and uh, like especially culture and stuff. Like how, how, how do you see that that brand agencies can step in and actually help with culture work now and in the future? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the successful agencies are already doing that. They're already offering that greater value. What else can you do mm. uh, as as the the magic of brand is beginning to be understood, which is great. That's what we wanted all along is to more organizations to be able to leverage that tool. And so now the you know what what an agency or a consultancy needs to do is be able to provide that value beyond just that what is it that you can do and this is the essence of any i think outside resource is offer a perspective that is um the some from the from the outside yeah. and and how and and if look if the additional value is culture if the additional value is uh, a digital capacity if the additional value is strategic, how do you help? How do you help these clients? How do you help these companies do in in any way that they you can? Right? What is your what is your mandate? And then how can you stretch that in and offer new new value in a way that you become indispensable as a partner? Mm. And how do you do that at Great Monday? How do you? What is your pitch to a client? How how can you help them? Well, it's the, it's the, it is the, you know, is the explicit, the explicit shift from an understood market, which is brand and design, which is commoditized, especially here in the Bay Area, but globally as well, mm. uh, to a focus on something that is less well understood, which is, which is culture. And so uh, we do, you know, half of our work here is still in the brand strategy camp, just because that's my, that's my history. I can't run away from, but we don't chase that work if the work comes in and it pays well and it's interesting we'll, we'll take it if we have the room for it but more and more we are charting a course to be culture designed consultants and that is not understood and there's the value to me that's and, and again you know, i come in and and 
Uh, I bring in the external point of view and an expertise. And, and that to me is really that value because right now we just said there's no internal, like culture is what best case scenario you have someone in, you know, the head of HR also in charge of culture. Look, HR is a great partner, but culture is not something you can just do off the side of your desk. Yeah, It is a huge expansive canvas of work that needs to be really taken very seriously. So that's, that's what, that's what we do. And, and, and we're trying to close that gap. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm sure that's, there's a great market for that right now. And I love the way that you bring in design, uh, as a, is that, would you say it's more like d design and like, kind of like in design thinking? Is it, are you, are you bringing in design tools with clients as well? Or how does design really work with, with culture in your offering? Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. So you're, there's a couple different, a couple different points there. So one, two, I think building off your previous question, we never sell any any design anymore. We don't do brand identity work. We don't do logos. We don't do websites. We don't sell design. But yeah. we have a full time uh, designer on staff. We have design contractors. Everything I'm designing all the time. Everything we do is designed to the to the best of our abilities because design is a powerful communications tool yeah. so we design everything you can see you you mentioned it it's in you you'll see it in the book that the book is heavily designed because it's something that i'm passionate about i just enjoy doing and it, it makes for a really powerful differentiator in the market and for clients we had a client you know i was just I created one slide for uh, for the CEO to introduce the culture initiative that we just did. And afterwards, she was like, that went really well. Thank you so much. Can you teach my team how to how to design your how to design slides like you did? <laughs> like, well, I, I, no, I get that's not what I'm in the business of. But, you know, that that to me was a good symptom of, oh, people are aware of it. So that's yeah. that's one answer. The other the other answer, which is a little bit different, kind of the design thinking or strategy is Many of the tools that we use, and, and many of them are, are in the book, are tools that I used in my brain strategy days. Yeah. How to identify what is, the, what is your story? Why should, instead of it being with brand, why should a customer engage with your brand? Why should they remember you? Why should they purchase your product or service? Hmm. Why should I come and work for you? Why should I stick around? Why should I care? Why should I, why should I be here instead of somewhere else? What is it? What is the mission that we're on? Mm. And you can see pretty quickly that the story is the same. It's just the audience is different. The tools are different, but we're still, we're still using those communication tools and those engagement tools. Yeah. Um, Speaking of design, I want to piggyback a little bit on the first out of those two points uh, and try to transition into the book itself. <laughs> you mentioned yourself, um, you come from design and you use design. I have to say and compliment you, this is a great looking book. And not only is it designed for great looks, it also, I love the way it's uh, sim simple. The way you laid it out is very simple. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to read. And that brings me to the core content which is um, around the six components of company culture. So I thought, uh, why don't we jump into those? If you can give us an overview of what they are, and then we can go deeper into those. 
Sure. Um, so when I first uh, started digging into culture in the first couple of years, you know, my question was, what what is culture? And the the most interesting answers came from when we started to think about me and some of my culture lab experts started to think about what were the pieces, what were the levers or the 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 dials you could turn. And so we broke down, we proposed an idea of like what are the pieces, what are the components of culture, and this is this is essentially what we came up with at that time are the six components and it's a cycle mm. so the first three components are purpose values and behaviors and those are the i would say the design component that's when you're designing the expectations what is the vision for your organization what is it that you want so purpose is your north star or the peak of the mountain. That's where we're headed. That's what we're trying to do together. It's why we wake up in the morning. It's why we're in business beyond making money. Mm-hmm. Values, if, if purpose is the why, values are the how. Values are the guardrails of, our, of, of how we're going to get to that, the top of the mountain. If you don't mm-hmm. have guardrails, people try to get to the top of the mountain, but some people may cheat. Yeah, You may have you right. Like if you're going to incentivize just at the top of the mountain, if you're going to just incentivize the end result without saying, and here's how we're going to get there, you'll have examples like the Wells Fargo scandal from two years ago now, mm. where bankers would were opening up uh, fake accounts or unauthorized accounts of existing customers just to create, you know, increased stock value wow. to hit their mark. So if we're if if we don't have if we don't have those guardrails, worst case you'll have folks maybe cheating, but best case, they're not all going to be behaving in the same way, even if they're not malicious in their intent. Mm. And so when you have both your north star where you're headed, as well as your guardrails, your values, then you describe your behaviors. That that's how you create a path for your behaviors, and behaviors are really the center point around which culture revolves. Behaviors, business is merely a decision-making machine, and we make decisions through a number of influences, but mostly, mostly I argue, it's culture. So how do we help people make better decisions? Mm. So that's the first three. And then the question becomes, okay, that's all well and good, but how do we actually get people to do it? And that's where the second three come in. Recognition, rituals, and cues. So recognition, many companies have recognition and rewards programs, but almost 100% of them are recognizing and rewarding the wrong thing. (laughs) Every part of your recognition and rewards program needs to be identifying and celebrating values-aligned behaviors. Hmm. Values-aligned behaviors. Yes, I know most organizations have a sales sales award and fine, you're not going to get rid of that. So you mean like versus but outcome outcome goals. So rather outcome, it's like exact, yeah. Don't don't yep. Don't incentivize the the result. Incentivize the behaviors that are going to get that result. Hmm. And so there's a whole there's a whole um, description of all the different kinds of recognition and reward programs that an organization can have. The 
the rituals I, we have in there because one of the major problems organizations have is that they'll um, start to uh, larger organizations will start to have these kind of subcultures or little cultures that may or may not be in align with what you, alignment with what you want. And what's happening is that in any organization larger than 50 people, you inherently are going to have different groups because we only have so much space in our head, so much energy to actually hold relationships. And relationships are the synapses of culture. So in order to make sure that your culture spreads, you have to make sure that your organization has really strong relationships. Hmm. And so it's up company to develop the kind of rituals that connect the people that don't normally connect because there's so many barriers in business. You have your literal cubicle walls or doors or offices. Mm. Okay. Those are barriers. You have different focus groups. You have different organizations. You have different roles. You have different floors in the same building. You have different buildings in the same city. You have different buildings in different cities. I can't, it's very hard for me to know those people. And so what can an organization do in order to build and strengthen relationships? So that's rituals and that's mm -hmm. a whole chapter on that. And then finally cues, because we get busy and there's no way that any organization that you're always going to have your emails and your meetings and your quarter end budgets do the the ins and outs of the businesses it's easy to forget it's easy to forget why we're here what are we trying to do so cues are the physical and behavioral reminders of what we're trying to achieve together now i'll give you an example the classic example of a physical cue is that mission or vision statement on the wall of the office mm. and that's great that's fine but there's so many others and it's not going to do it unto itself that that will not solve your culture problems and what, what do you do when you have, when half or more of your organization isn't in the headquarters, they're distributed, they're in there, like what, so, so how do you keep people reminded? And I think there's something very interesting about that opportunity as well, like the, how, to, how to create digital cues. Mm. And that brings us back to the top, that brings us back to purpose. How do you remind people how to connect with your purpose? And that's, that's the, that's where you're reconnecting and creating this upward spiral of of value and engagement. Hmm. So they don't work uh, uh, kind of linearly or, or, or do they kind of like when you do one of the projects together with someone, would you start with purpose and values and go into behaviors or how does it really work? Like when you're setting out? Yeah, yeah. well, I can't, I can't help you with a recognition program if you don't know what your values are. Yeah. Uh, so most organizations are at that point in kind of the evolution of business, at least here in the maybe in the Bay Area or in America, most organizations, they might have a vision and mission statement, which could be related to purpose. But I have a whole, I have a whole sort of diatribe in the book about the difference between all of those and, and the unique value of purpose. So maybe you have purpose, maybe you understand what your story is, and maybe you even have values. But I'll tell you, Tobias, the, the, the number one inbound inquiry we get, this is the quote, literally, yeah, 99% of all inbound inquiries, can you help us refresh our values? So mm. everybody has, seems like a safe place to attack 
culture. And so we'll go in and help them with their values. And then the question becomes, how do you actually roll those out? What are those? Well, how, how do we define those values via behaviors and how do we activate them? And so once we have those, then and only then can we talk about the rest of the system. Hmm. And how would you go about that? Because that's a really interesting question. Actually, I get that a lot as well. How would you approach that if they like, uh, what are there some like typical steps that you take afterwards? You mentioned design before. I'm guessing maybe you do something there, but you're using basically the whole framework. Uh, or how, how does it work from that point on? Are you asking how do you how do you roll out those those values? How do you activate it? Yeah, exactly. So let's say you, you're asking for new values. You go in. Uh, maybe you work on you know purpose. I don't know. It depends on where where they are. But like, what? How would you respond to that situation? Let's say you go in and help them with the values. What happens next? How do you activate those values? Well, we have to understand what behaviors we're trying to change, and we have to decide how employees and managers are being measured and rewarded. So implementing those, those particular specific behaviors and values into the, into the, um, total rewards, rewards program into your HR review, um, also into a larger recognition program. So we're starting to get into the system. Mm. Um, we are, you know, you have to kind of do this. Um, it's almost like the customer funnel, Awareness, consideration, preference, mm. advocacy, right? Something like yeah. that. So, hey, everybody, we have new values. We do, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, hey, everybody, here are, the, here are the four new values. Here are the five new values. Oh, interesting. Hey, everybody, we have new values. Here's what they are, and here's how they apply to your life. Oh, interesting. <laughs> hey, everybody, here are the values. These are the five. Here they apply to your life, and you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, held accountable by your peers and your managers through recognition and through your reviews so that people go, Oh shit, we're like, we're, this is serious. And it's not just like a platitude, like, Oh yeah, everybody. Now you're going to be more collaborative because that's just not going to work. So it needs to be, it needs to be built in. And then the other piece that's really important is, um, uh, social proof and social proof is, is the senior leadership that everybody looks up towards saying, this is important, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to change the way I'm walking. And that that is a critical piece of it, so that people go, okay, all right, I'm bought in, they're bought in, they're not just bullshitting. Hmm. And, and then they start to see it come to life. Yeah, so you have to get leadership in on it, right? I mean, for anything to work. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, 100%. And, yeah, and so... What do you find that works the best? I mean, you know, I'm sure that people intellectually understand, you know, here are the new values. Some of them might even remember them. Uh, but what what is it that really makes the biggest difference in your experience, like in terms of rewards and what makes people want to embrace them and, 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 roll, and roll them out in their behaviors? Um, we try to create an immediacy, kind of a proximity effect in that, they have to they have to have a conversation with their team or their leader or their manager and they have to say aha because one of our values is take the lead what i'm going to do 
what this means to me, because it's not going to mean the same thing to everybody. And we purposely, when we write our values, we make them really interesting and differentiated, but also broad enough that people can interpret them in, in different ways. Because what it, what take the lead means for the CEO is going to be different from what it means for an intern. And, and, mm-hmm. and so how do we build all those meaning into it? It's like a, it's like a great, great brand platform, right? It's an umbrella story that gets you in the ballpark, but it doesn't fully explain everything so that there's no room for anybody to envision, project themselves into. Mm. And how, how do you do that? I mean, how do people know exactly how they should be interpreting and where are the boundaries? And you said, you mentioned like it's different from the leadership team or someone on, yeah. on the team and, yeah. and front end personnel and so forth. Yeah. Do you have to make a, a kind of a concrete guideline or write it down or how do you do it? Um, I think this is where you get a little more nuanced. Um, there is in, in um, great values are have a, have a, you know, a pithy headline, but also are well-defined in um, understanding what it means. And then we like to follow up with very actionable questions. Um, take the lead. So for the, for example, the, for take the lead, it's, um, how am I, uh, doing something new? And so, and that's one of the ways that you can take the lead. How am I creating new value for the company or for our customers? And then you can answer that question. So it's getting people to understand what the intent of that story is. And then you have a little bit of self-interpretation and my hope is that whomever is leading the exercise can say listen to us that is not when we say take the lead i not i really don't mean that you're gonna uh leave early on fridays yeah right? like you can, <laughs> that's not what, I, not what i mean uh but i think that uh competent employees um that that are engaged are going to be willing to play this game because they're going to be rewarded on it and it's it's important to the organization Hmm. how how do you see i mean there's so much talk about this low numbers of engagement at the workforce you know i'm sure you know more than i do about this but it's like it's like staggering it's like i don't know 80 percent. what's the number like they said that are not engaged at work and i think that's a, a u.s study by yeah. gallup or someone but Not it was engaged, highly disengaged or whatever it is yeah, yeah yeah what do you think are the problems i mean are, are is the world just changing and, and values and people are like what's wrong <laughs> what what is what is wrong what's wrong with um, people no no just what's kidding. wrong with people um that people are doing work that is too small for their spirit. Mm. I think well put. they are not allowed to live and bring their full selves to work. Mm. How do you get people fully engaged? You allow them, you enable them to bring their enti- the entirety of who they are to the table so that they can be valuable and useful and pur- purposeful. And if most businesses are still suffering from a machine age structure, I'm going to hire you, specific person, for specific task X, Y, and Z. 
but that's not really how, I mean, you're, that's the mentality of a cog in a machine. Mm, yeah. And what we really need, what we really need are incredible people who can bring their full selves, all of their talents. How can we help you do, do what you love, do how, be, be the kind of co contributing member to this purpose, to achieving this purpose in all the ways possible. Mm. How and, many, and yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And most organizations don't have an inspiring purpose. Why the hell am I here in the first place? Yeah. If you can articulate that, then you can find the people that are going to believe in that and want that too. Mm. I find this both fascinating and really difficult. Like uh, as an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur for just over 10 years by now. And of course the irony is that I, I, I consult other companies on this, so don't tell anyone. But I have been suffering quite a lot from, from a couple of things in this area. I mean, I, I have definitely failed in many ways. I also succeeded, but I've also failed a lot. And I, I think what you just mentioned is key because you have so many different types of people. And for some people, it's just like feels like nothing is going to move the needle for them. Even if you provide all the autonomy and you, you know, you you do talk about purpose and you try to paint everything, some people are going to get on board and some people are not. Like, what's your view on that? Like, can you transform and change everyone or is it just a certain type of people? Um, well, um, uh, maybe there's a false dichotomy there. I don't know that you're going to change everybody. Um, and it's not really the, the, the workplace, the business's job to change people. Mm -hmm. I would say it's the, the job of the business to create these opportunities for people to fill. If they are, there may be inherently people that just are not a good fit for working in an office or mm -hmm. doing, you know, being engaged in whatever the business is. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I think, Everybody has a place in the world, and it just may not be where they are now. Mm. But if you can open up the opportunities and tell, tell the world, hey, this is what we're looking for, people will find you, and the right kind of people will bring, will kind of bring that energy in. And, you know, I don't think that it's uh, black and white. There's going to be plenty of people in your organization that are doing a fine job, and yeah, I'm really gonna fire them, but they're not super engaged. But they're doing a job, and so mm. you know it's not perfect. But we can get better. We can yeah. increase the number of people who are excited, and maybe when there's enough people that surround that that unengaged employee, they'll pick up on that energy. They'll yeah. absorb that idea. And they will move in the right direction. Yeah, I yeah, I totally believe with that. I mean, that, I've seen that happen so many times, uh, both our, our own companies and uh, at the clients. I mean, when you have, it's almost like a season, like when everything is going well and you have a few really excited people, then somehow the people that are not engaged, they will either leave or, or they will change. And so, uh, because sometimes I think it's, you know, if you want to build an extraordinary business and organization and you know it's different in professional sports where you basically pick the best players and and uh of course you have to do cultural work there as well but you know you can fire people and you can just buy them you know it's it's kind of different especially yeah. with the laws we have here 
you don't just get rid of people, even especially where I come from here in the Nordics, you can't even fire people unless there are only two yeah. grounds on which you can do that. So it's like severe violation and you don't have any work for them. So, you know, so it's quite difficult, which makes this even more important, of course. So um, I know we're coming towards the end and I have to let you go. Uh, there, there's so much I could talk about you with this. This is such a fascinating area. And uh, uh, before I ask my final question, I want to ask you, uh, how can people connect with you and how can people, you know, learn more? Um, well, there's lots of awesome stuff, free downloads and resources and videos at our website, greatmondays.com. Um, I always welcome um, LinkedIn requests. You can find me on LinkedIn, Josh Levine with a little lightning bolt. That's me. And um, and I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all those those uh, social medias under AKA Josh Levine. So that's three three easy ways to get in touch. I'm not, I, I don't hide. I'm not, a, I'm not a difficult person to find. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, the answer to this question is typically just Google me, you know, but okay. Um, okay, so final question is, uh, since this is a podcast about, you know, striving to build something extraordinary, being extraordinary, how do you build an extraordinary culture? If you could only say, let's say three things and, and uh, specifically for, entrepreneurs, uh, business owners, what would those things be? If you could only say three things. I'm going to up the ante. I'm only going to say one thing. Wow. Even better. Define the most compelling, the most compelling vision, purpose for your, for you and your organization. What is what is the story? What are you trying to do? And how can people help you? When you have one clear idea that is as inspiring as possible, you will create a community of people who could be customers, employees, collaborators that will come together to help you achieve that mission. And at the end of the day, success will just be a byproduct of that idea because we're all trying to bring people together. The future is about building communities, not, you know, shareholder value. You want to bring people together in the way that I believe you bring people together is with inspiration about achieving something great. That's how you start. That's what you need. It's like, if you have one thing, to build a great company, to build a great culture, to build a great brand. It all goes back to that story and having a something that is so aspirational, people can't help but be in awe and go, I want to help do that. Wow. That was such a beautiful answer. And I'm I'm really happy, happy I asked that question. And a great ending. <laughs> Thanks so much, Josh. Thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast. This was highly inspiring and uh, I learned a lot myself. Uh, and I'm sure all the listeners do as well. Thanks so much and uh, good luck with all the culture work and your own purpose and your mission. I appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great. great, that was a great answer you just finished with. Did you notice? It was fantastic. <laughs> it was, I could, I could we'll even feel like your, your passion and your purpose coming through like in a different way with that yeah. final answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I loved it. Really yeah, great. Yeah.
You got to do that like little excerpt at the beginning. They do it some of those podcasts. Yeah, you know, I was thinking like, about it. I was thinking about why you spoke. I was like, shit, this is good. And it also made me think like, yeah, fuck, I'm. A- get this- <laughs> <laughs> and it also made me think like, I'm not such a great interviewer. Like, I should only have questions like that, like uh, to get people. That's to- <laughs> right. Exactly. What's the one thing? What are the three things? What the What's the list? Yeah, yeah. But it's funny when I've been asking something toward the end.